Welcome back to the Bhagavad Gita in a Year podcast. I'm Radha, and I'm here with Chaitanya Charan and Balaram. We are on day 40 of our journey through the Bhagavad Gita. And today we will start at chapter 2, text 61. And we are, Krishna is answering Arjuna's questions about the way that a person and transcendence um, acts and thinks and moves. Yes. Thank you. So 261. Tani Sarvani Sanyamya Yukta Sita Matparaha Vashehi Yassi Indriyani Tasya Pragya Pratishthita Translation. One who restrains his senses, keeping them under full control, and fixes his consciousness upon me, is known as a man, I, I can't see it, a man of steady intelligence. Okay, thank you. So, the questions that were asked in 54, we are on the answer to the third question. The first was, over defining characteristic, then speech, then restraint, and then restraining senses, and then engaging senses. So this is a continuation of the answer of on the restraining senses. And here the Gita is talking about the thought flow. This question is being answered from 58 to 63. So I'll just explore the thought flow before we get into what is going on. So 58, Krishna says that we need to, if we are to restrain the senses, we have to have the ability to withdraw the senses. That was the example, that was where the example of the tortoise was given. Then 59, he says that that the draw is enough. It's it, it alone is not enough. It alone, what will happen is the the lower taste, the taste for worldly pleasures will remain, and one will be restless. On the other hand, if that along with the withdrawal, there is redirection or re redirection. What redirection that will explain later. So that one gets higher taste. Then one will be peaceful. One will be steady. So now after that we could say that in the next verse 60 which is what already we had discussed. Here Krishna is in one sense giving an elaboration of the theme of restlessness. You're so that the restlessness is so great, the senses, restless senses, they can drag away. With a person who is discriminating and endeavoring, and the discrimination word sometimes has a negative connotation. But that means the person understands this is good, this is bad, this is what should be done, this should not be done. So, in spite of that, a person may get swept away. So, that is the power of the restlessness. Then what is the solution? That is what will be mentioned in this verse. 
So for this higher taste to be gained, what is required is mentioned in this verse. There has to be a divine focus. So I'll explain the what is the outline in this verse. So yes, so what was taught in 58 is repeated over here. Tani Sarvani Sanyamya. There has to be regulation of senses. But after that, there is a divine focus. Focus on the divine. Oh, and then after that, then there is here you could say there is regulation in the sense of control of the senses. And then there will be conquest of the senses. Mm -hmm. When there is a divine focus. And such a person is a wise person. Such a person is wise. Such a person is a seer. So this journey from control to conquest. So what this means is that control means there is opposition is present. But here, its opposition is disappeared. So when there is a divine focus, basically what this means is that at this stage, we have lower desires. We still have desires for worldly pleasures. But these lower desires, by this way, they are replaced by higher desires. And this replacement happens because of this divine focus. So now this divine focus is actually a key element of Bhakti Yoga. While Krishna is not talking about Bhakti Yoga explicitly right now, but he's saying any kind of yoga will require a higher focus. And once that higher focus is there, then the lower desires will go away. So this principle that we need to shift our taste, that is uh, quite critical. So the journey from control to conquest, so that is this control and then conquest. So control involves, to some extent, we are striving for purification, We're seeking purification. So to give an example, is suppose somebody is, drinks alcohol and here we are purified. So somebody is, say, somebody is alcoholic, maybe because they felt lonely or their life didn't have any meaning, they didn't have anything to do in their lives, substantial. So here, if you have an alcoholic, here it's more of a determination, okay? I won't go to a bar, I won't go to a party where there are drinks, or even if I have to go there, I won't pick up a bar, alcoholic drink myself. Determination, this is alcoholic abstains. And then by this time, what has happened is the desire disappears. When a person becomes consistently practice of sobriety, then the person finds the quality of my life is so much better. I have more meaningful relationships, meaningful engagements. And then they feel, okay, there's no need for me to drink. That's how the higher taste comes. So this is what is the journey. And 
the yukta sitamatparaha so when the now coming back to the bigger picture for restraining senses how do they restrain the senses that was the question the key principle is that it is not just about restraining senses it is there is regulation definitely but more important is there is regulation of senses but most important is there is a redirection of of focus redirection of attention of consciousness so without this this is a critical element and then in the next verse krishna will talk about what will happen if the second element is not done so any questions clarifications here so you're saying that you have to do both you have to regulate the senses and you have to try to constantly focus your attention on krishna and after a long time of doing that those desires will just naturally go away it doesn't have to be a long time so if you consider duration with respect to desire different desires it may be different for some desires it might be quick hmm some desires it might be gradual so for example somebody used to eat meat for example i say and then they start practicing bhakti and then they focus on they start practicing yoga practicing bhakti the desire for meat might just disappear within maybe a few weeks on the other hand some desires may take much longer time so some may even they may be super slow also so for example somebody had a uh, craving for wealth and that may not go away immediately may it may not so it doesn't have to be after a long time it will depend on different cravings hmm okay but that's the formula for for getting there for for everything yes so mm -hmm. so now any comments balram so the purification comes from uh withdrawing the senses and no the purification comes from the divine focus this replacement uh, of desire that is a sense of purification okay so and when we say divine focus yeah you just mean like increasing your time in spiritual activities remembering krishna well that krishna has not elaborated here much this will come more in the middle of the six middle six chapters but broadly speaking divine focus can mean many things it can mean uh, if we look at arjuna himself it is not that arjuna uh, gave up his job and went to a temple or a sacred place to meditate on krishna the divine focus can be in terms of direct bhakti activities it could mean say our meditating on the holy names our hearing krishna's wisdom krishna's uh, uh, pastimes but it could also be indirect devotional activities that means we so we may have a family we may have a job but we are keeping it the purpose is krishna purpose is to serve krishna to please krishna so 
that's what it is but overall when we are restraining the senses the key point here is krishna is saying repression is not not is not recommended it won't work it's not workable so it's okay just pull the senses inside like a tortoise is pulling them inside and that's not enough after that what are we doing repression that is not the same as redirection hmm this is sustainable and the specifics of the redirection is not what krishna is focusing on right now okay that was good hmm. thank you yeah so that takes us to the next verse these are generally read as a combinations so 62 and 63 and these are this is one of the my favorite verses and widely quoted verses also this is about the psychology of self sabotage or self destruction how we end up doing the things which we know we should not be doing that's outlined in these verses struggles so, real ध्यायतो विषयान पुंसह संगस्तेषुपजायते संगात संजायते कामः कामात क्रोधो भिजायते While contemplating the objects of the senses a person develops attachment for them and from such attachment lust develops and from lust anger arises क्रोधात भवति I'll take both verses together and then we'll discuss क्रोधात भवति सम्मोह सम्मोहात स्मृति विभ्रम स्मृति भ्रमशात बुद्धिनाशो बुद्धिनाशात प्रणश्यति फ्रॉम एंगर कंप्लीट डिलूजन अराइजेस एंड फ्रॉम डिलूजन बिवल्डरमेंट एंड मेमोरी व्हेन मेमोरी इज बिवल्डर्ड इंटेलिजेंस इज लॉस्ट एंड व्हेन इंटेलिजेंस इज लॉस्ट वन फॉल्स डाउन अगेन इनटू द मटेरियल पूल सो लेट्स ट्राई टू लुक एट द द sequence that is described over here the sequence starts with contemplation and it ends in self destruction so in the broader context what the flow is that krishna is saying that you may restrain the senses but if there is no divine focus then there will be focus on something else and if one is simply restraining externally without redirecting redirecting internally then the contemplation will be on mundane tempting objects sense objects so there is with this contemplation there will be a force that will be gradually generated so from this contemplation what happens so i would use words which are rhyming over here just to emphasize the point early attraction hey that's nice suppose i decided that i'm going to uh, avoid high calorie food for health or fitness or whatever but then if i go to a get together where there's a lot of a lot of fatty food is there mm. fried savories and stuff like that and then i see it and now we can't close our eyes but here the key is it's not just seeing but dwelling contemplation is dwelling it is once we dwell on it then attraction develops attraction could mean hey that's nice hmm now once that develops then from there from attraction comes obsession 
obsession or infatuation, whatever word you want to use, right? So when this happens, I want it. That's where things start becoming stronger. That's nice is just okay, that's nice. I could say that's nice, but I'm not going to take it now. But I want it. Hmm? Then, then rage comes in after that. Infuriation. Who says I can't have it? Who's going to stop me? Now it may be I myself have decided it. I don't. I'm not. I don't. I won't be taking it. But I start becoming angry with my my own past resolution. Or if somebody else reminds me, hey, aren't you writing? Get lost. Something like that. Somebody who's an alcohol. Somebody who is having taking alcohol and they having a relapse. You know, mind your own business. Something like that. So now when this rage comes in, then from there. The delusion comes up. Now, delusion means that that person, hmm, their memory sort of, they just don't, they lose their sense of priorities. Hmm? So, delusion means that something too small or something not necessarily too small. So something tiny, it seems huge. And something huge starts seeming tiny. This is the essence of when we say delusion, what it, it just means the false appears real. It now what is the false? Okay, there might be some pleasure in eating that food. Maybe if somebody has had a heart attack and they want to eat mm, red meat. Now, it's a, okay, that red meat might give some pleasure, but it's a tiny pleasure. I can't live without it. I need it right now. And what if you get a heart attack? That's not going to happen. Why are you being such a pessimist? Something huge starts becoming tiny. So delusion means, hmm, why are you making such a big fuss out of it? Hmm? Essentially, why such a fuss? Hmm? So then from delusion comes, there is oblivion. Oblivion here I'm using in the sense of forgetfulness. So uh, I can't remember or I don't remember my own past troubles. It is not even somebody else's. It could be say, suppose somebody had drunk way too much and they had got a got into a lot of trouble. Maybe they had got terrible hangover because of drinking. Forget it. They it could be one's resolutions, one's insights, one's realizations, even one any one's own troubles, consequences just there's a memory blackout basically. And then after that, there is finally stupefaction. Stupefaction means that the the, at this stage, the intelligence itself is lost. The stupefaction here, you could say, it's also in one sense, rationalization. Hmm? So for example, at this stage, 
when the intelligence is lost the key one of the many ways responsibly it won't happen to me that means oh that it is referring to consequence it won't happen to me or it could be that a little thing makes no big difference but like earlier we discussed that how a small hole in a giant ship can make a huge difference but this is where there's stupefaction and after that there is self destruction what well, we do the very thing we had resolved not to do the very thing that harms us we go against our best interests and this is how basically krishna is saying self restraint fails it all begins with contemplation and then it moves further further downward hmm this so, might this might be outside the scope of what you're talking about but why do we do this why is it so easy for us to to fall into these super self destructive patterns mm well it's an important question and the same thing will come later in 336 to 43 where i'll discuss it again more but let's uh, look at it in two ways see basically in each of these stages is contemplation now what we could do is we can create a barrier by which we don't contemplate at all similarly we can create a barrier by which even if there's contemplation there is no attraction so there are barriers possible at each of these places but the at each stage the barrier becomes more and more difficult mm-hmm. so i'll explain what i mean by that mm-hmm. it's uh, suppose there's a fort and the fort is to be invaded sometimes the fort might have multiple gates now if all the gates are open hmm, say there is there is a fort and maybe there is a treasury there is a royalty the treasury the king is here all the treasury is here and around them there is a fort the fort may have multiple walls or you could say multiple protections but if each each door that is here there's a door here there's a door here now each of these doors if it is just left open unguarded or unmaintained then the person then the invading army will inevitably very easily come in so why do we do this first is that we might keep the first door wide open that is we might let tempting objects tempting objects are always going to be there in the world at once we start contemplating on them now seeing is different from contemplating these two are not equal we cannot avoid seeing we cannot function with closed eyes in the world but it's not so much seeing as dwelling that is i see something in my outside but then i replay it in the mind or this is where this is where the door opens 
Now, why might we contemplate on the mundane objects? Because nothing else to contemplate. We have not given ourselves anything else to contemplate. So, now, similarly, each of these steps, we could examine each of these steps and the guards, guarding rails that are there. So if we go back here, from contemplation to attraction. Now, if, say, somebody has decided, I'm a vegetarian. So, even if they get to see non-vegetarian food, that's, that's nice. They won't let that thought also come with them. That's not for me. Hmm? That's not where I want to go. So, we could say, at each of these stages, we could replace. Because contemplation, that, that's, uh, we think about it, we focus on it, we dwell. Dwell on sense objects. We could dwell on something else. And that is where the previous verses point comes up that we focus on have the divine focus then then there is attraction that's nice no that's not where i that's not where i want to go so one may decide even if the attraction comes up no i'm not going to, then there is obsession or infatuation I want it. No, I don't. Hmm? Maybe the desire is coming inside me, but I don't want it. So each of these stages, we can create a barrier for ourselves. And if we create those barriers, those boundaries, those walls, defensive walls, then we won't go down that stage further. But um, if you can go further down, each of those stages, we can go for, forward. For example, after this comes delusion. Delusion means this is, this is the tiny becomes tiny. We see as huge, but some something we avoid that by if we have read repeatedly, if we have people who remind us around us. Oh, this is how much and how long I'm thinking about this. But this pleasure is not going to last for long. Why should I want to get involved in it? So we can create counters like this for ourselves at each stage. Then after delusion comes oblivion. No, actually, sorry, before this comes infuriation, rage. Who says I can't have, who says I can't have it? So that we could counter similarly by saying that, okay, no, I have decided I don't want to do this because of these, these reasons. No, it's not, so each of these, if we counter it, then we will find that we will not get consumed by it. So if we go down further, the memory gets wiped out. But if we have written down something, you know, these are the reasons why I'm doing this, these are the reasons why I'm not doing this. Or we have somebody who reminds us, then we can protect ourselves. So we forget, we create reminders for ourselves. And thus we can try to protect ourselves. Now, why do we do this? Because there are the temptations are there in the outer world and there are there are tendencies in our inner world. So because of that, if we are vulnerable. But just because we are vulnerable doesn't mean we have to be destroyed. 
Does it address your question? Yeah. So you're saying it's like a lack of proper boundaries and yeah, the, it's perfect. Yeah, and the and the longer that we wait to impose those boundaries, the harder that it gets to uphold those boundaries. Yeah, that is very. That's the next point I was going to make. Generally, the further we go in the stage, the more irreversible this will become. Mm-hmm. Contemplation. Okay, something comes in front of me. I just uh, move my eyes aside, or I think of something else, and then that's that's like a, is, at this stage, say you could say this is just a this is just a snow pebble. Hmm? But a few stages down the line, it has become not just a snowball. Maybe it has become a snow boulder. So here, somebody might just be able to. Here, a person might just uh, smash it with a fist or with a stick, and it just this that pebble just cracks apart. But by the time it is rolling down on the ground, it has become huge, and the same person will get crushed. So mm. maybe they can run out of the way. But it's going to be much more difficult at that time. So the earlier in the stage we do it, the the easier it is to restrain. Okay, because because it's like we're programmed to desire, and so if we're not desiring, um, Krishna or the higher or higher purpose, then we're desiring these short term sense gratifications or yes. It's an. I wouldn't want to use the word programmed, because programmed means then who has programmed us? It mm-hmm. is our nature to desire. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Now the programming may determine what kind of desires we have, and that we can reprogram. Mm-hmm. So, sure. it's our nature to desire. Okay. Should I summarize? Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yes. So today we discussed three verses. So sixty-one was about the. We are continuing this discussion of how restraint can be successful. So, from control, where there is opposition, when there is the divine focus, then one can go to conquest from control. And that divine focus is critical. This is what will give us the higher taste that has been mentioned earlier. And now, after this, the next two verses. Sixty-two, sixty-three. They were about if this divine focus is absent, then what will happen is this downward trajectory from contemplation to attraction to infatuation, infuriation to delusion, oblivion to perfection. And self-destruction. That sequence was described. So basically, Krishna is overall telling us how we can successfully restrain our senses. So the key to restraining is redirecting. So restraining is the first step, but the critical step is redirecting, re- refocusing on uh, the higher purpose in life. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. <laughs>